This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Lieutenant General Mike Flynn warned Tucker Carlson yesterday about the growing threat posed by communist China. He highlighted the advantage the Chinese gained by simply stealing military technology we spend billions and decades to produce. Today, a U.S. Navy engineer and his wife are being arraigned for allegedly trying to sell an unidentified nation, presumably China, extremely sensitive naval nuclear propulsion technology. Fortunately, the FBI was able to intercept it instead. This development underscores the magnitude of our challenge. How many of the hundreds of thousands of students and other Chinese nationals in this country, including some in our government research labs, cyber operatives, and spies, are successfully stealing our information that can be used to kill us? And can the FBI really afford to be spending any time investigating American moms opposing their kids' racist indoctrination and other non-domestic terrorists? This is Frank Afney. Now more with Frank Gaffney. We're back. We're joined by Bill Walton. I'm proud to say one of our regulars here at Secure Freedom Radio. He is the host of a terrific TV podcast, The Bill Walton Show. He is also a former financier on Wall Street of great renown and these days a conservative movement leader as the past president of the Council for National Policy, of which I'm proud to be a member. It's great to have you with us, Bill. Thank you for taking a few minutes. Frank, great to talk. We have covered a lot, an issue that I think is even more important today than it has been in recent memory, and that is the extent to which the Chinese Communist Party is emerging as a very serious threat. Uh, NPR reports that uh, quite a number of Americans are coming to that conclusion, and rightly so. Mike Flynn, the retired lieutenant general who has uh, both comported himself with great distinction in the uniform of the United States Army and is these days um, recovering from horrific character assassination, warned on Tucker Carlson's program last night and on his longer form uh, Today show, about the Chinese Communist Party's military threat to our country. And specifically, Bill, he talked about the phenomenon of our doing at enormous expense, both in terms of money and in terms of time, various technology developments that give us state-of-the-art hardware for the defense of our country, only to have it essentially ripped off by the Chinese again and again and again, uh, allowing them at a fraction of the cost to put very formidable capabilities in place with which to threaten us. What should we make of what's happening in this regard and the degree to which it is intensifying enormously the danger we face from China? Well, we should be worried and we should be aiming our our sights on our own defense department. Well, our defense budget is nominally three times larger than the Chinese uh, defense budget. It is overwhelmingly bureaucratic, uh, expensive, cumbersome. And, uh, you know, we, we seem to be facing the problems that countries have always faced. They're fighting the last war. And, you know, we're, we're coming up with uh, technologies, a lot of money on the F-15 fighter, while the uh, Chinese are thinking through how this for next war is likely going to be fought and investing billions of dollars in artificial intelligence. We're not playing in that field very effectively. So I think there's a lot of concern. And of course, you know, we've seen Defense Secretary uh, Austin and our Joint Chief of Staff Chairman 
Milley and, and over in the State Department, Blinken, demonstrate utter incompetence in Afghanistan. And these are the same men who are uh, running our defense department. So, um, yeah, he, he's, he's sounding the right alarm and we should be focused on it. Just staying with this enabling of our enemies, I'm afraid it's not just the defense department. It seems to be corporations uh, that work for them. It seems to be scientists uh, that may work for laboratories or um, universities. Uh, the Thousand Talents program and the like. But it just seems as though we're being subjected to sort of a vacuum cleaner from China. And even if we're spending 10 times what they're spending, if they're able to get on the cheap the fruits of our enormous research, um, it's a very considerable advantage to them. And, and just today, Bill, um, we've had um, the spectacle of this uh, U.S. Navy engineer and his wife arraigned for having allegedly uh, offered for sale uh, to some unnamed foreign nation, I have to believe it's China, the most sensitive, arguably, of our very highly classified technologies, namely those that go into uh, the most advanced of our uh, attack submarines are the nuclear propulsion for them specifically. And Bill, this this is, I'm thinking of Hyman Rickover, who I had the privilege of interacting with a little bit when I was a very young man. Uh, he must be spinning at a very high RPM <laughs> in his grave over what's happening to uh, this, uh, this technology that uh, he and his successors have spent untold billions and um, incredible hard work to perfect and and bring to bear in our defense. And here it is being served up, uh, allegedly at least, on a platter for the price of an automobile, for heaven's sakes, um, to uh, potential enemies of this country. It, it's it's staggering, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure how we can lock that down better than we are now, but it's a very real peril, especially when you add on top of it that some of the companies that are doing um, the stealing or uh, exploiting it, at least, for the Chinese Communist Party are being financed by some of your former colleagues on Wall Street. Oh, Frank, you keep reminding me of my former colleagues on Wall Street. Oh, that's, that's a low blow. This is, uh, this is why we love having you on, Bill, just to keep yeah, I, I can, that dead I can, horse. Uh, you, you can hold me, hold me accountable. Um, uh, it's well, not your fault. I'm just back. noting. We, we, <laughs> we we need to re you know America needs to rethink what war really is. We think in terms of missiles and submarines and and uh, what have you. Um, the Chinese think in terms of total warfare, and of course, as a totalitarian state, it's uh, um, remarkably easier for them to implement it. But they think about cultural. They think about um, controlling the narrative. I mean, notice how quickly the. The Wuhan virus got renamed COVID-19, and that was really largely their uh, engineering. Um, and, you know, it's, it's across the board media. But what you're talking about is one of their deep strategies that's been going on for years. It's two things. There are hundreds of thousands of Chinese living in the United States, many of them, you know, good, good people, no, not an issue. But the Chinese Communist Party sees everybody living abroad as part of their as part of their uh, strategic uh, uh, efforts, uh, which are which are very aggressive, and then they also, for years, have been 
uh, funding research grants, uh, in, in outright employing uh, American scientists, research people, working inside all the labs, defense labs, medical research labs, university labs, um, you know, ph pharmaceutical companies, R&D labs, and, and the infiltration, I, I believe, if somebody really had the resources to to ferret out everything that would be going on, would would come up with an astonishing conclusion that uh, they're very much inside our uh, our, uh, our our hard to say what they're inside everything our wire. actually. Yeah. And yeah, and and this is just a this is just a, the latest uh, latest most egregious and most obvious example. But it's much, it's going on everywhere in, in in a much more nuanced way. Well, I think you're right to cast the lens wider. That's for sure. And we've just had a fascinating and and really terrifying conversation with Lawrence Sellen about the extent to which the Chinese have continued to have inside our wire, inside our research institutions, and so on scientists and People's Liberation Army officers who are working for their biological weapons program. And we're funding um, them to do the research inside our government uh, entities and, uh, and university labs and the like. And it's, it's just, it's hard to imagine a more fraught arrangement, uh, especially when, as I say, it's well, 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 by well, our own well, underwriting of some of it. Well, 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 and you're right. Your your defense budget can be a lot lower if you don't spend anything on R and D, and you just uh, steal it. Um, now, having said that, that used to be their 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 leading strategy. Now they've developed fairly sophisticated R and D uh, initiatives, and in particularly areas like artificial intelligence. And so it's uh, they've moved from uh, from outright theft to taking what they've they've gained through theft to, uh, to build, build on that for their own proprietary research. And that's something we need to be very concerned about. Which brings me to um, the topic that you mentioned a moment ago. Uh, there's a report out of um, the former chief software officer for the Pentagon, a fellow by the name of Nicholas Chalon, uh, who recently retired after three years of sort of leading uh, cybersecurity efforts inside uh, the Defense Department, and also uh, working on artificial intelligence and related technologies. And according to the Financial Times, um, he's arguing that we have effectively lost the battle for, or the war, if you will, for uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and cyber capabilities to the Chinese. And uh, that these technologies are far more critical to America's future uh, than even such uh, big ticket items as uh, fifth generation fighter planes like the F-35. Um, what do you make of this assessment Bill, I'm not asking you to make a judgment on the state of our in artificial intelligence, I guess, but uh, if anything, it it certainly should be a klaxon call, should it not, to have a very much intensified level of effort in this area, as well as locking it down so that the Chinese aren't the principal beneficiaries. Well, when you've got the head of your artificial intelligence unit in the Defense Department resigning because he doesn't feel that uh, he's getting enough support to do the things necessary to compete against China. That's that's a big worry. And he said flat out 
he said flat out, he says, we have no competing fighting chance against China in 15 to 20 years. Right now, it's already a done deal. Well, I hope he's wrong. But you know, his point is what, what you just said. We've been focusing on on last generation technologies, and we got to be thinking ahead of what the next uh, nature of conflict would be, and it involves artificial intelligence. And this gets to what I was saying earlier about bringing, forcing as a totalitarian state, everybody to work together. You know, in, in the United States, Google, which is probably one of the leaders in artificial intelligence, refuses to work with the Defense Department because of the uh, concerns and, um, among Google employees that Google would be part of the war machine. Um, and conversely, in China, obviously, the, anybody involved in artificial technology, and as you point out, a lot of the companies which Wall Street self finance uh, works hand in glove with the uh, the Chinese uh, national security and, uh, and uh, military operations. So it, it, it's a real problem. You know, we're, we're, the Defense Department's ossified. We're at the collection of program after program after program, and we know government programs never really exist, and we're all kind of backward-looking and bureaucratic. And then we're also, it's overlaid with this uh, woke, uh, politically correct agenda where you know, Lloyd Austin has said, well, yeah, we've got to do a lot more on, on, on artificial intelligence than a couple of billion dollars more. But of course, we're not going to do anything to uh, cut corners on safety, security or ethics. And, and that's been the big stumbling block. And, and maybe it should be. I mean, all of us are concerned about artificial intelligence invading our lives. But when you think about uh, its impact on, our, on, on America and our freedom and our security, I think we've got to think hard-headedly about what the trade-offs are. And that's especially so in so far as the sorts of things that, and I have only just begun to get up to speed on some of this, but the sorts of things that this kind of artificial intelligence capability could power in terms of the military applications are you know, advanced robotics and uh, swarming technologies that enable, for example, um, a relatively uh, small uh, power, but one using artificial intelligence to overwhelm the defenses of, say, very large uh, powers, naval forces, uh, you know, just by sending, uh, you know, vast numbers of these um, remotely controlled and artificially uh, intelligence-powered you know, uh, swarming air space or sub sea, uh, you know, uh, devices to uh, to overwhelm the defenses and take down the fleet. This is the sort of thing that I think we've got to be uh, getting our heads around and and getting ahead on. And you know, one of the other things that uh, this fellow Chellen uh, really warned about was that we're you know not bringing people with the requisite skill sets to bear inside the uniform services, nor are we having, I think, the kinds of capabilities that uh, you know we need in our infrastructure to make it resilient. Bill, I know we've got to let you go. I want to thank you for your time today. These are very profound issues. Uh, we appreciate your insights on them and your visits with us each week. We'll talk with you again in the next. Next up, we'll speak with Dr. John West about uh, much more. Straight ahead.